So now Nebraska has to start over. Who's going to take that Cornhusker job, and just how good of a job is it anymore? You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome on into the show. It's Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every single day of the week. Coming up on today's program, a look at the state of Nebraska football and what is next for a program that's in need of a head coach and in need of some direction as well. We'll get into the candidates who are having their names circling around this position in Lincoln. But first, a conversation on exactly how good this job is still. How much of a marquee position is the Nebraska head football job? We'll get into that here in just a minute. First, of course, as always, thanks for joining us here on Locked On Big Ten and making us your first listen every single weekday. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Be sure to follow the show at Locked On Big Ten, 10, not T-E-N, wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube, and anywhere else. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, too, at Nate with Sports on Twitter there. So let's get into the conversation today. We're going to be talking all about Nebraska. Scott Frost is out. Somebody's going to be coming in for the moment. That's Mickey Joseph. But who will it be for the Cornhuskers? I think the conversation we need to have first, though, is what exactly is this job? Because I think there's a wide, wide range of opinions on that at the moment. Let's start with just what I think Nebraska is. And what I think Nebraska fans, if you haven't already, have to realize this team is. Nebraska football is not the same thing that you thought it was or that it was 10 years ago or 15, 20 years ago for sure. This team is not that national championship contending team. But it goes a little bit beyond just not having the wins on the football field. But let's review just how long it's been since the wins on the football field were there. 2016, the last time that Nebraska was in a bowl game. Last 10-win season, 2012. Haven't finished in the AP Top 10 since 2001. And while the Top 10's a high mark, you have to remember, we're talking about Nebraska, which was pr pretty much four decades before that 2001 season, a perennial, consistent Top 10 football team. Like every year. Every single season. Now they have to try and rebuild from what's close to nothing, if you ask me. And I think what most Nebraska fans need to be able to accept, if they haven't already, and I, I can't say I know for sure how many people are still feeling this way about how good this program is, but I know it's still out there. This is still Big Ten fandom we're talking about. But when you look at Nebraska, it's no longer the program that's a destination for football players that it once was. I feel like that part is obvious, but I feel like the gap is a whole lot different in my head than what a lot of Cornhuskers fans probably have in theirs. Let's go back to those numbers. 2016, the last time Nebraska was in a bowl game. Anyone being recruited by this next head coach will have been, what, around 10, 12 years old? 2012, last time that this team had a 10-win season. Again, we're talking about class of 2024, 2025 recruits. Then we're getting into single digits, the age that these kids were. 
when they're talking about the last time Nebraska was any good. And of course, haven't finished in the AP Top 10 since 2001. Well, now we're getting into kids who weren't even alive when that happened. And I'm not saying that people don't respect Nebraska football as a program here. Because I do still largely believe that the people who are recruited to come to Big Ten programs and are pulled in by Big Ten programs are the kinds of kids who do respect, recognize, and appreciate what Nebraska was and what so many of the schools in the Big Ten are. But you have to realize that's not what this school is anymore. It is not that kind of a position. So when you're looking at who's the next head coach of this team, yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of high-profile names and a whole lot of money that's going to go out to get them, whoever it is. But at the same time, I don't think if you're Nebraska, you can go into this coaching search being like, okay, we can just go get Ryan Day and whoever that equivalent is. Not Ryan Day, but I'm saying the Ryan Day equivalent. That kind of a head coach. Bring him in and have him do what Ryan Day does and be successful. That can't happen. Nebraska is not a program that, as of right now, can say that if we get a head coach, we're back to where we were. It's fallen off far, far too far below what it once was. I guess think about it this way. Think about Ryan Day and what he does as a head coach. He gets the best recruits, turns them into the best players, puts them out on the football field, and, to be quite honest, doesn't have much trouble beating just about everybody. Then you look and see what a coach like, uh, let's say, P.J. Fleck at Minnesota or Jeff Brom at Purdue has done. He's not getting the best recruits. We're talking about mostly three stars with some four stars in there, too, if you're talking about a Minnesota kind of program in the Big Ten. But P.J. Fleck has still put together a double-digit season there and other winning seasons behind it because he knows how to build a program that way by using those three four-star recruits, building them into players who can knock off the top teams in the Big Ten, and then using the coaching skills to be able to get them to that point. What I'm saying here is that if Nebraska wants to go out and spend a whole bunch of money for the top, top name out there, they can and they will, which we'll get to. But I just say that you have to make sure that that guy isn't just the name or the reason you're getting excited about him isn't just the name. Because Nebraska fans have gotten excited about just being Nebraska before and leaned on the fact that, hey, this is Nebraska football. And while we're in a slump right now, the fact that we are this powerhouse of a fan base and program means that we'll get back to that time. Here's what I'm saying. You're not that anymore. It's not what it once was, and it's not going to be anytime soon. You need a coach who is going to be able to reflect that and rebuild a program, not just be able to be plugged in and say, hey, now go make this Nebraska football again. It'll be easier than it would be at other spots. This job still has value. Let's not dismiss any of that. Again, it's going to be a huge, huge payday for whoever Nebraska selects to take this position. There is the big fan base that will help you, of course, in the stands, but also be able to actually help you out on the field with NIL money now. That's something Scott Frost only was able to dip his toes into when he was here with Nebraska. You've got a spot in the Big Ten, which is a whole lot more than what any other school can say out there if you're a coach looking for a new job. You have the security of being able to say, hey, we're going to at least be in the conference in the next decade. That's all really, really good stuff. So 
there will be money for you and recruits for you to be able to get. There will be facilities there too, but I think what I'm saying is that just being able to say all that stuff and say, hey, this is what Nebraska is, isn't enough. And you need to be able to have a coach who can accept that and say, hey, we're doing a rebuild here. This is not something where I'm coming into a job and getting to play with all sorts of new tools at a big Power 5 program. It is a big Power 5 program. But making it Nebraska football again is a much, much taller task. And whoever ends up getting the job is going to have that tall, tall task ahead of them in the same way Scott Frost did. That does not go away with Frost. After this, we'll talk about more of what exactly we're looking for in a candidate out of Nebraska and some of the top names, of course, that are already circulating only a couple of days, but you know that we are going to get into that right away with everyone in college football. So when will we know who this guy is? How will we, or who will it be? And who are some of the names that we're talking about early? We're going to get into that here on Locked On Big Ten. But first, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And it really hurts. This is why I started using Upside. It's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, you earn cash back thanks to Upside. So it's really, honestly, as simple as it sounds. If you're someone who goes out to eat, someone who drives, Someone who does everyday stuff, really. You can just get cash back by doing your everyday stuff by signing up for a free app over at Upside. It sounds too good to be true, but I promise if you just go over, check them out, you're going to get an idea of what I'm talking about and exactly how much money you can make. They have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. You can download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED. That is LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Let's talk coaches now, actual names, and who could be coming in to replace Scott Frost at Nebraska. Some of the things to note here. One, Nebraska was just willing to pay $7.5 million extra dollars to not have to see Scott Frost for three more weeks. If that's indicative of anything, it's that Nebraska is going to drop the bag on whoever this next head coach is. As it should, Nebraska has the money to do it, and you know the fan base is certainly willing to get behind the investment if it means that that team is winning again. So, big money's coming. Which, in a way, I think narrows down the pool a little bit of who takes this job. Because the money isn't just the money for Nebraska and the fans. I think they want with that money, a certain level of prestige behind it that they can at least get some belief behind before anyone even takes the field. This is not going to be a first-time head coach. That's a hundred percent. And again, for the same reason of just the situation, I think that while Mickey Joseph's going to get a really good chance and has a bit of a tryout that most interim coaches don't get, I think he'd really have to blow people out of the water to be able to keep this job and take off that interim title. So when I'm looking for a Nebraska head coach, I'm looking for someone that's high profile, that's going to cost a lot of money, and really just keeps the fans happy right away, at least with what he's going to have on paper. Because, of course, as we saw with Scott Frost, we can't control what he's going to do on the field. But at least from the hiring day, you can have the fans believing that this is a good coach. Have someone who has a reputation, who has a track record, 
That's what we're looking for here. That's why a Mickey Joseph, I think, gets taken off the board. And to be quite honest, I think a whole lot of normally perfectly acceptable and reliable candidates aren't going to get the same kind of look at this job either. I think Nebraska has a certain bar that it wants its coach candidates to be able to jump over. But let's get into some of the names that have been at the top of the lists that I've looked at at least in the couple of days here in the rumors that we've talked about. Uh, Matt Campbell of Iowa State has been a huge, huge one that's come up, as has Dave Doran of NC State, mainly for the reasons I've talked about. Uh, these guys at their respective places have seen the records of success. They're obviously doing it at Power 5 schools right now and are doing it at that level. But I think maybe even more importantly is that they fill in that kind of hole that I was talking about, about being able to rebuild this program. With Matt Campbell at Iowa State and Dave Doran at NC State, you have two guys who have led those programs to not only great runs at their tenures, but in both cases, really the best that either team has been, if not in recent memory, then in program history. That's really, really intriguing for both of those candidates. It's why I think they're my top two right now. If I were to list out, okay, very early before we know anything, who would I be picking to take this job and who fits in here? Those two guys have done it at a Power 5 school and have done it at a Power 5 school that isn't at that Nebraska level and have shown that they can build a program in a way that Nebraska kind of needs rebuilding right now. And then obviously once it gets back up to where it wants to be, Nebraska can use the money, become the powerhouse that it wants to be. But again, these coaches at least have that to their names. They've done it before at the schools in the way that Nebraska needs it done right now. Other names I've looked at. Mark Stoops at Kentucky, Chris Kleeman at Kansas State. Now, a couple of really interesting names here. Of course, you see Stoops, and you obviously already know the name. Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. Mark Stoops has made enough of a name himself by now to not just be known as Bob Stoops' son, but he has now at Kentucky put together a team that has turned the tide and made that team, which was a terrible SEC football team, I mean, they're ranked. I was, I was surprised to see them ranked the last weekend when I saw them playing, flipping through the channels. So his candidate is he as well as a Kansas State coach who has also a huge, huge success record behind him, was at North Dakota State and won all those national titles. Has Kansas State looking good? I put those two names behind names like a Doran or a Campbell simply because of the level that they're doing it at right now, level of football program. Again, these are Power 5 schools, but when we're talking about Kansas and Kansas State, Kansas especially, we're not talking about the same level of program that what Nebraska is used to getting. So if I'm hiring one of those guys, I'm having the same kind of concerns if I'm a Nebraska fan as what I'm having with Scott Frost right now. I mean, Scott Frost was 13-0 at UCF came to Nebraska, just couldn't put together a 500 season. Do I want to hire the best FCS coach of all time and hope he can coach in the Power Five? It's uh, not fair to Kleeman, I know, and he's done a really good job at Kansas State, but on the X's and O's, that's what it is. It's a guy who's had success at North Dakota State University and is starting to have success at Kansas State, and all of a sudden you want him to be in control of what you're hoping will be a powerful Big Ten program. It's just a good idea that I don't know goes down exactly as well as it would have if he hadn't just gotten rid of what Scott Frost had done. 
in another situation, maybe he get maybe they they can come in, and they uh, obviously are still candidates. But I would expect that Nebraska, with all the money it's going to spend, would want to go maybe a little bit bigger. But th- there's the name recognition, of course, there with a guy like Stoops from Kentucky too. So you can't count out any of those names. And down at the bottom, I have uh, guys like Bill O'Brien, Tom Herman, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. Those are the big, big names, right? Those are the big guys who have taken those kind of big, big jobs before, have the recognizability that I think Nebraska fans are going to be happy saying, oh, we hired a Tom Herman. I know him. He didn't make it work at Texas, but I know him. I know he's a big-time college football coach. So if you're looking for purely that, those are the guys you're looking for. The top of my list is those two we first mentioned, Matt Campbell at Iowa State and then Dave Doran at NC State. I think those are the two guys who are at least in my mind right now at the top of who could do everything I think Nebraska wants its next head coach to be able to do. They have success behind them. They have experience at big programs behind them. And they're names that people know. They're names that people are going to be able to get behind from day one and not have to at least say, who is that when they first hear it? And honestly, that's a, maybe better than what they had before with Frost. As we wrap up the show, we'll get into, of course, the latest AP Top 25 rankings. A new team has entered from the Big Ten and another one leaves too. That'll be right here on Locked On Big Ten. But first, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. And LinkedIn Jobs is here to help make it easier to find those people. LinkedIn has, of course, the social networking site for professionals that is the biggest in the world. More than 800 million people are on there. And if you're using LinkedIn Jobs and posting your job for free, which we'll get to in a minute, you can find them Every day, 40 million people a week are heading on there to try and get their next position, and you can find your next hire at LinkedIn Jobs by going over to linkedin.com slash college and posting your job for free. It's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free right now over at LinkedIn. Last couple of minutes here on Locked On Big Ten. As we wrap things up, Want to, of course, react to the latest AP Top 25 rankings that came out yesterday. Nothing really big changing at the top. It's still Ohio State at 3, still Michigan at 4, still Michigan State in around the top 10, 15 area. They go up to number 11 as a result of other teams losing this week. Do have a new team going into the top 25, Penn State. We mentioned with the others receiving votes last week, they were at 27. After a win, they move all the way up to number 22 in the nation. Hopefully going to add some more Big Ten schools here in a minute. We'll get to some more on that. Uh, Wisconsin falls all the way out of the top 25 and also below another Big Ten school. First mentioned Big Ten school in the others receiving votes is Minnesota. They rank in at number 34 in the country if the rankings went that far. Wisconsin's 39. And then Purdue gets its one AP vote back, and it is at number 42 in the AP polling. So Wisconsin out, Penn State back in. But I think really what I see here in this top 25 is a repeating of what I said yesterday here on the show. In that, I'm not sure anybody in that western side of the Big Ten is really any good. Minnesota's looking the best, and that reflects in the standings, but... You may have noticed, four AP Top 25 teams this week, none of them come out of that side of the conference. Not a single one. 
You've got Minnesota at 34, Wisconsin at 39, and Purdue at 42. But the top four teams in the Big Ten are all on the East in the rankings and in my head as well. Nobody from Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, the schools we talked about competing for this championship on that side of the, of the conference, they've done nothing to, the, to an extent so far. Minnesota hasn't had to do anything. But just about everybody else has been a huge, huge disappointment. So when we talk about college football playoff expansion and Big Ten championship games and how to get the best possible bids for your conference's teams, it's never been more obvious right now that the division's format is hurting the Big Ten really, really bad. And while, of course, there's help coming very, very soon in getting things right here in the conference, at least for this year, it's looking ugly, ugly. And you better hope that that upset does not come on Big Ten Championship game if you're a conference fan. Because if a team in the West wins it, I mean, we saw it yet last year with Iowa and years before. I don't think there's any way that any team in that West side goes into the Big Ten Championship game with a chance of making a college football playoff. They'll have their losses by then. And whoever's on that East side will need that game to make it. So, I mean, we talk about how the Big Ten has a pretty much locked up college football playoff bid, but that's the only glaring hole, is that this West is the worst that it's been at least, I mean, in, in the last few years for sure, if things keep going the way that they have been. And they need to change, I guess, is what I'm trying to get to. Gotta turn it around, like, right now. Right, right now. We'll talk more about maybe how to do that for West teams later in the week here on Locked On Big Ten. Of course, as we turn over and get ready for the weekend, we have another week of games to get ready for as well. Nebraska has to play Oklahoma this week with a new head coach leading things. We'll try and figure out how that can happen and get into all the other big games in week three throughout the rest of the week here on Locked On Big Ten. Until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter. It's Locked On Big 10, not T E N on the handle. And it's the same on podcasts, YouTube, wherever it is that you go to get the show. Follow me on Twitter as well at Nate with Sports. I'm Nate Dickinson. I'll be back tomorrow with more. This is Locked On Big Ten.